Good evening from Plughead Studios. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 464 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology for April 2nd, 2017. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. This week, online advertising is getting trickier, patent cases might get a little more diverse, and the internet is not collapsing around you. Uh, this here, like I said, is F5 Live Refreshing Technology, the flagship show on the uh, Plug Hits Live family of content. And wherever you are and however you are joining us, thank you for making us part of your day, whether it be on Facebook, iTunes, the Podcast Play app and the Windows Store, on Google Play Music Podcasts, the longest app name ever for Android, or any of the myriad of other podcatchers on Android, or of course, um, our homes on Livestream, Stitcher, and Facebook Live, or of course, on our apps, pluckitslive.com slash apps. Get them for the Windows devices and soon uh, an expanded collection uh, for free right there. Uh, there are two ways that you can be joining us. The first is you can join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to plughitslive.com slash join us. From there, you can uh, join us on live stream, Facebook Live, and in the near future on some other platforms as well, all at the same time, which is a wonderful capability that live stream gives us. Uh, live stream has been a great partner for us. Uh, hopefully you'll start seeing us in some other places as well very soon live. Now, the cool thing about joining us live is that you can chat with us in the studio, during the show, about the topics as we're talking about them. We love to get feedback on the topics while we're talking about them. In particular, uh, during the Pilch Point with Avram Pilch in a little bit, where uh, tonight we'll be talking about the new uh, Windows Creators Update that is out this week, coming week uh, and what it does and unfortunately does not contain um we'll be talking about that in a little bit and we want your input so definitely join us whether it be on facebook live or live stream right now you can do that by going to pluginslive.com slash join us and if you can't join us live that is okay you can subscribe to any of our shows by going to pluginslive.com slash subscribe and from there you can see all of our shows including this one the pilch point uh first looks which tomorrow being Monday, uh, we will be publishing our last video, our last interview from uh, the Orlando Regional. Um, our special events feed, which um, has CES stuff as the most recent in there right now, and uh, all of our other series as well, all available there. Unboxed, by the way, uh, has taken a little bit of a hiatus, but I am sitting here looking at a stack of products that I have to do unboxing videos on from some of our CES partners. So uh, that's about to light up <laughs> pretty good too. Uh, also, uh, we have some, some new deals with our advertisers, which means all of our content is showing up on both Facebook and YouTube. So you can subscribe to us there as well. All of those possibilities uh, for joining us, uh, both live and not live. And with that, I think that is the new super long spiel. Avram, how are you? I'm okay. It's been a uh, been what two weeks since we were yep. since yep. we were on, and uh, 
Uh, so lots of uh, stuff going on, going on at Lifetime Mac and Tom's Guide, where I'm the editorial director. The um, uh, we've been working very hard on the best on the annual best and worst laptop brands feature. Uh, people are going to be very surprised. Uh, surprised when they see that uh who the number one brand is this year it's going to be different than prior years okay uh, and uh we will be publishing that a week from monday um okay so eight me seven and a half days from right now yes can't wait stay <laughs> up hit f5 f5 hit f5 live f be alive and hit f5 over and over again <laughs> on our homepage till it happens uh um, we do. We've been doing that feature now. This is our eighth year. Um, Apple usually actually is one every prior year, I should say. Um, and uh, it's our most popular feature throughout the whole year because people want to know what a good what the good brands are. And um, and uh, you know when they're when they're shopping for notebook, and we put a lot of work into it, and uh, I look forward to people seeing it. So obviously that was. That was a big deal the last couple of weeks. Um, also, big deal. Um, also, big deal. We know that um, Windows 10 creators update came um, was announced and officially announced, and I got to use that quite a bit. Although I've been using it for months because I'm a Windows Insider and um, building some, working on some robots. We uh, will have reviews of these up soon, but I think I have shown this is a piece of uh, a Gmu robot. These are some really cool robot kits, um, and uh, my son and I have been really enjoying them. They're very easy to put together. Um, that's awesome. So, so that's uh, that's kind of the 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 gist of it. We came up with a project yesterday, which we're gonna have to figure out how to make happen, uh, which is that I want to make an Arduino remote control car out of Legos. Okay. I don't know how exactly we'll do it, but I know people have done it. Absolutely. So we'll figure it. We'll figure it out. I think the biggest challenge right now is figure out how to mount the board and the motors on on a Lego thing. But, yeah. I um, I just picked up uh, a robotics kit this week myself. I feel a bit like a trader doing a uh, a first series and uh, having picked up a Vex kit <laughs> this week for those. Who don't know uh, that world? Uh, Vex and First are kind of the uh, the the competitors in the in oh. the educational robotics space. Um, but uh, for those who don't know, Radio Shack, as of I think yesterday or today, just closed five hundred and fifty some more stores, and uh, I, I got it for three bucks, so I couldn't I couldn't pass it up. Oh wow! I wish I knew about that. <laughs> I it it was the last Radio Shack that I worked in that was still open, that was closing. So I figured I had to go see it. I had <laughs> I had to go say goodbye, and uh, I wandered around. And like I tend to do, I spent a lot of money in very small increments <laughs> on lots of stuff. The Vex kit was one of them. So I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. It'll go in my Arduino and robotics box for a little while until I figure out what to do with it. But I I have quite a collection of things from closing Radio Shacks that I probably should figure out what to do with at some point. 
it, there we go. There's a there's a conversation for the group. Uh, if you are joining us live or not, uh, comment either in Facebook or live stream. Um, both of us have robotics things. Give us ideas on on what to uh, to use them for. I've got a box of Arduinos and robotics pieces, and uh, Abram has been collecting pieces himself over the last. I don't know, six months or so. So give us some interesting ideas on what we should do with Arduinos and robotics kits and my weird Vex kit and (laughs) give us some ideas on what to, how to put them to use so they don't just sit in a box. Exactly. Uh, With that, I think we should probably get started. What do you think? Yep. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Save $100, up to $100 on the uh, Surface Pro 4. Uh, save $50 on an Xbox One S Minecraft bundle, which is a great deal. But you also get another additional free game. Uh, I'm, I, I love it when they run uh, those, those promos. Um, you can... Pick up an HTC Vive, an Oculus Rift, a Microsoft HoloLens development kit, all from the Microsoft Store right now. Um, Several of the devices available there are going to get far more interesting this week in the topic that Abram and I will be talking about in a little while. Um, But you can pick up uh, your hardware and VR-ready computers and all of that by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. You know that they're serious about it when they uh, create a whole section of their store just for it and not just for their own hardware, which which I love. Um, Okay, so over the last couple of years, a contentious topic in technology has been uh, patent law. The, the term patent troll, which refers to what um, professionals call non-practicing entities, um, has been a hot-button topic. And uh, basically, that refers to companies who own intellectual property but don't use it themselves, instead license it out. They tend to purchase uh, these patents from companies that are going out of business, um, companies who are looking for additional revenue by selling their IP off, that type of thing. Um, So one of the things that's interesting about the way patent law works in the U.S. is that there is a single court, one court in Texas, that hears about 25% of all patent cases, which is interesting because the whole reason why we have courts everywhere is to get a variety of legal opinion <laughs> um, so that you can appeal. You know, if, if, if one person is kind of out of control, you can appeal it up. And Well, that's not really how it works in patent law. There's kind of only two or three levels, and the last is the Supreme Court, who does not like to hear patent cases because in the grand scheme of things, who cares, right? Uh, so... Uh. I care. I think it's very important, but that's absolutely, but not individual cases to right. 
hearing the for the Supreme Court to hear the Samsung versus Apple uh, rounded corners design oh, patent case would be a, a strange use of, use of their time. However, that is only assuming that the rest of the system in place works, which it does not because one person, one court, here's 25% of the cases. And there's no way to get past that person without the Supreme Court. And so one case figured out a way to get to the Supreme Court in a way um, that the court would hear. And that has to do with uh, patent venues, particularly this one Texas court. Mm-hmm. Um, so last week, uh, the case made it to the to the justices. They uh, they heard part or maybe all of oral arguments. Um, and so bas- it's it's a company called TC Heartland at, versus Kraft Foods. Obviously, we all know who Kraft Foods is. Uh, it has to do with water. It, the the case itself is totally irrelevant to the grand scheme of TC Heartland uh, is mad that they could not change venue out of Texas where neither of these companies operate uh, to hear the case. And so the Supreme Court has agreed to hear the case. They are hearing it. And we may actually get some diversity in patent law, which would be wonderful. I think what would be wonderful is if they did away with the patent system entirely. It is a complete, um, you know, for those who want to limit government interference in our economy, there is no greater government interference than the patent system. The, the patent system is a monopoly license for one company or one patent owner, even if it's not using, if it's, even if it's a, troll that's not using the actually producing anything with that information it's basically a license it's a shakedown license that's being issued by the government for one company to shake down others i mean that's what it is it's a protection racket and so we have courts in place to try and stop try and mitigate this but the real problem is that our the patent office is issuing patents for things that don't deserve any kind of protection. Yes. And it kind of begs the question of like, why do we even have a patent system? What's the point? The, the patent office definitely is a huge part of the pro uh, part of the problem in that they, they don't understand se- seemingly nobody at the patent office understands anything about technology. And therefore they grant these ridiculous, ridiculously generic patents that end up not holding up in court half the time. And then half the time they do again, depending on which court they go to. And you know, there's the, there's the one that Yahoo owned um, that basically covered everything from podcasts to uh, YouTube. (laughs) It had, it had to do with, uh, liking a page on Facebook like it right it, it so, was so ridiculously you broad that there was no way that it could ever hold up 
I remember Mark Cuban wrote some great article a few years ago talking about how there should not be patents allowed for software. I'm not even sure maybe hardware should go there too, but there should not definitely not be patents allowed for software because what really matters isn't an idea but an execution. Yeah. And so people are, are patenting very have been allowed to patent very broad ideas uh, because you have a government bureaucrat in the patent office who uh, is either malicious or incompetent or something and, and doesn't want to like, you know, because who's who's really there to tell them not to grant a patent? Like there's a company paying to ha and giving all this presentation telling, give me a patent. Who is there to say, actually, this is Captain Obvious stuff. You can't patent that. Right. So there was like the Amazon one click shopping one is, is one of the best examples uh -huh. that I've seen. Right. I don't know if that's still still a valid patent, but it know. was some it was something where years ago Amazon came up with the idea that you could buy something without going through the shopping cart or something. You could like uh -huh. click one time, and they patented the idea of clicking one time. Uh -huh. And so other companies, in order to get around the patent, had to add extra clicks to the shopping experience. Yep. Well, it doesn't take a genius or an Einstein to come up with the idea that somebody might want to click fewer times. You know, if any fool can come up with that idea, it's definitely not worthy of patent of, of patent protection. Yeah, but meanwhile, sure. meanwhile, Amazon was able to use that as a cudgel to damage its competitors because some, some idiot in the government was like, oh, what an idea. Let's patent. Let's give them an unlimited license to use to to use yep. that idea exclusively. So and the idea and the idea of somebody doesn't matter who anybody in the government deciding to give favorability to one company or one collection of companies over another is silly. Right. So if you don't like government interference and government regulation, then you should hate the patent office because the patent office is the government picking winners and losers, deciding who gets to what company gets to win and what company doesn't. The, the, the theory that, oh, yeah, you know, someone's got an important idea. We don't want people knocking it off. There are other protections for that. There's copyright protection. And by the time, by the time you actually file the patent and the information is in the the air supply getting around because a, the patents that hold up in court never uh are, are almost never the super broad ones they're always the very detailed ones and so you just have to do whatever it is a slightly different way than the patent says and you move on it the system is a total disaster but you're punishing, like you're punishing small businesses yes. or even medium businesses. Mm -hmm. I mean, why, why do they deserve to be punished too? Like, you know, so if you're doing something and then someone can come along someday and try and hit you up for money saying, well, I have a patent for this. Well, what did I do? I mean, wasn't there someone with, who was representing British Telecom trying to get to, to basically shake everybody down for the idea of hyperlinks a while ago? That kind of thing comes around on a fairly regular basis so I probably mean, it's a protection racket yeah plain and simple it is a protection racket and you may be running your business hiring people trying doing a good job and some patent lawyer is going to come along and find some little thing that the government allowed them to patent that yep. was extremely obvious 
and if you don't cool to come up with and if you don't have the money to be able to fight it and the EFF doesn't think you're interesting enough to help out then that that accidental step into nonsense will put you out of business possibly into jail if you're not able to to pay your dues right so moving to another venue sounds like a nice step uh but the best step would be to would be patent reform which which in my mind would be getting rid of all either all patents or at least all patents that involve anything having to do with with software well you gotta you gotta be careful with patent reform because the last time we tried that we made it worse when they tried Maybe to patent end when they tried the to best. when they tried to fix it what was it two years ago they ended up making it worse so yeah yeah well everybody was so excited obama fixed the patent problem no it got worse fixing, fixing the patent problem would be getting rid of patents i mean that that would be the that's a really easy answer no co- co- companies don't want this they like they like having this uh, government issued monopoly so, some companies do well, if you have them, you do. <laughs> Fair enough. If you own them, if you own the, if you own them, you do. But uh, fair enough. You know, but again, what is what's going on? I think every Android phone, the Android phone maker, has to actually pay Microsoft a whole bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, depending on the company. And what are they paying for the idea of icons or something really, really basic like that? There's, there's a couple of. A couple of pieces, but yeah, there's something as generic as that in there. It flies in the face of common sense. And it's not even it's not even a Microsoft patent. It was one of the ones they bought from Yahoo. Exactly. So <laughs> so you know, there's somebody getting rich off of this, but in the end it's not good for it's not good for for businesses, for yeah. startups, for companies that want to to innovate. So you know. That is I, I, everything they can do to weaken it sounds like sounds good, but we don't know if this is going to weaken it at all. Uh, yeah, uh, totally agreed. This week's pilch point. With Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products, the headphones on my head right now. The Monster Element uh, full over-ear headphones uh, available in a variety of colors. They're corded. They're cordless. Uh, they're Bluetooth. They're everything. Uh, I absolutely love these headphones. But not everybody likes full over-the-ear. Some people like on-ear. Some like in-ear. Some are looking for Bluetooth speakers. Monster has all of them available, including the Monster Blaster Boombox, available for $3.99, normally $4.99 uh, right now, and a variety of sizes of products and styles. And all of that can be found by going to pluckitslive.com slash monster. And of course, that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Abram Pilch. Abram! Hey! Windows! 
Yeah. We've got All right. Windows, Windows we've got, 10. We've got Windows. <laughs> we've got Windows. We've got Windows 10.0. They don't they don't put uh, version numbers. So this is <laughs> so uh, this past week Microsoft announced something that we've known about for how many months? 5 months? Something like six that. Months. Uh, Windows creators update the next major update to Windows 10 is going to start rolling out officially, I think, the 11th. Yes. Uh, but uh, you'll actually be able to download, down, to force a download as soon as April 5th, right. I think. Yes. And if you're Windows Insider, you already have all these features, so it's no news to you. But, uh, you know, for I think there are 10 million Windows Insiders and hundreds of millions of people using Windows, so... Um, if you're not a Windows Insider, um, you know, you, you'll be getting these new features for the first time. As someone who is a Windows Insider, uh, it was actually interesting for me to, I got to meet with Microsoft a couple of weeks ago because they like to have us, um, you know, to hold a big press, a lot of press briefings uh, in New York before they do these types of updates so they can give us some demos of stuff. And even as someone who was a Windows Insider, I wasn't aware of all of the extent of all of the features uh, until then. So I did uh, get brushed up, and we have an article on Laptop Mag called The Best New Features of Windows 10 Creator Update. Now, the overall um, message that I have for everyone, though, is meh. Windows 10 Creators Update, I mean, you're going to get it. If you have Windows 10, it's an automatic update. It's free. It's going to happen for you. Um, it's not It's not bad, but you may not... A, a lot of the features are kind of minor, and then you may not end up using them. Uh, there are a couple of gems in there, though. What Which which feature do you like the best in, in the new version of Windows, Scott? It's an interesting question. Um... I, obviously, also an insider, I've been watching it grow over the last couple of months. Um, I, a feature that I thought I was going to hate, only because I haven't liked the concept up until now, um, is, uh, what do they call it, Nightlight? Oh, Nightlight, yeah. It It's a concept that I've been aware of for years that I've avoided only because turning the concept on and off has been difficult on third-party plugins. Mm -hmm. uh, but Microsoft has made it really easy to just say, nope, I, I need my regular colors back. So Nightlight is, uh, gives you the ability to uh, pull the blue out of your screen as, as the night goes on because the blue light is what makes you think that it's daytime and stay awake. And so as the day goes yeah. on, the blue gets pulled out and it, everything turns kind of orange. And I've used it, I don't know, for maybe two or three weeks now. And I actually really like it. I didn't think I was going to, but I do. It's interesting. I haven't been totally sold on the value of this dimming stuff. I do run a uh, dim... Um, blue light remover on my app on my phone and honestly it gives a really interesting weirdly saturated look but i don't know if it's actually helping me or not 
I have. It seems that blue light is the new, um, you know, the new health crazes don't have blue light. So <laughs> we're getting blue light reduction built into everything. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a night mode. I think in some of the Kindles. A lot of there's uh, in addition to the apps. I believe they're in newer versions of Android. You could probably probably do it by default. I mean, you probably do it built in. Uh, certainly been built into to Mac OS for a while. So it's kind of a table stakes thing that a lot of people. It's just becoming part of the fabric of modern operating systems to do it. Yeah. I'm not sure that it's absolutely necessary. I think it may be, you know, they have those shows on, do they still have those shows on VH1? Like, I love the 90s, I love the 10s. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure that just as people look back on, like, screensavers were a thing, they may look back on blue light dimming as a thing, too. Like, oh, we didn't really need the blue light dimming. But, you know, who is to say? It's It certainly does what it promises, which is remove the blue light. Uh, and that could be useful. I like uh, another feature that I like, but I haven't really gotten set up to, to run yet is dynamic lock. Yes. Um, I think that is actually a really useful feature. That is the one where you can take a Bluetooth device like a fitness band or your phone and fix it so that the computer knows when you walk away um, and, and, will, and will lock itself and then knows when you come back and will unlock itself. And that's good because remembering to lock and unlock your computer is something a lot of people forget or they just kind of assume that like, oh, nothing bad's going to happen. But I had an I have an interesting story about not locking your computer. Uh, when I used to work for about.com, which I did for nine years, uh, one of the heads of IT was really big on teaching people that you got to lock your computer when you step away. So he would go around the office and if he saw someone's computer unlocked, he would open up their email client and he would email a note to the whole company from them saying, I love you all and I wish I had locked my computer. <laughs> so I'm a trained uh, that when I get up to go to the bathroom and my job, whatever, I, I usually remember to hit Windows L to lock my computer. Most of my colleagues don't. Um, but I'm... Um, so you take it for take it for what it's worth. But uh, the easier that you make that feature, the uh, to the easier you make it to lock and unlock. I think the better. So I think that's actually a, a real plus. Yes. Um, the computer that I'm running uh, the Insider on is not a Bluetooth enabled computer, so I have not yet been able <laughs> to test that feature out. Uh, I am looking forward to the Surface here. Uh, getting the creators update and getting to see that in action. Yeah, I, so I think that's a good feature. Some of the others just seem a little bit like nice to have, but you don't need it. Like uh, the big sort of signature feature of Creator Edition is that there's a new version of Windows Paint, Paint 3D. Uh, so it's nice, you know, you can make 3D objects. You can make a little, there are lots of little built-in pieces of clip art. You can make a 3D fish in a 3D pond and rotate it around and share it with people. Um, and there's a Remix 3D website where you can see other people's creations. However, why do you need this? Um, if you, it's cute. I don't know that you needed a window, 
to base your whole Windows update on it since it's an app that could have been made available just to download from the App Store. And professional creators probably wouldn't be caught dead using it because they're using real 3D modeling software like AutoCAD or or something like that, or Autodesk or whatever. So, you know, to say that your whole operating system is like, now it's for creators, now it's for like the people who work at Pixar. The people who work at Pixar are not animating their stuff in uh, Windows Paint 3D. Yeah. You know? what, one of the things that, that we were talking about before we went live uh, is the fact that a lot of the things that were really exciting about the creator's update announcement didn't happen. Yep. Um, for example, the Windows Mobile 3D scanner that they demoed and I have confirmed was a legitimate demo. It did work. Uh, not being published as part of this. It will potentially come in Redstone 3, but it will not be part of this. Um, the the people spotlight absent from from the creators update um what the the thing that they were trying to focus on and where the name came from most of the interesting features aren't going to make this update i think they bit off too much and promised a date that they should not have or promised a, a range that they should not have because I all, all the really other, like you said, other than paint 3d uh, all of the creators focused stuff is going to be absent. I mean, there's the, there's the surface dial support uh, the full surface dial support coming in the if creators. You're one of the few, few people who has a surface dial. Right. Um, but, you know, like, that's a minority. Um, Paint 3D, but, I mean, outside of that, all of the interesting creator stuff seems to be missing. Right. I mean, so you've got some fit and finish. Uh, you know, Edge Browser gets a couple new features, like the set-aside tabs, which is which is neat, where you if you have a bunch of tabs open and you want to, you want to, like, make them go away, but be able to bring them back. You have this button to set them aside, but set aside actually just means create a group bookmark. It doesn't mean that they're actually still running or still active with your information in it or the state saved. So it's not quite as exciting as it sounds. Right. Um, you know, my, when we went for the briefing, my boss, Mark Spoonauer was real impressed with that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not bad, but, um, frankly, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not sold yet on, on, on edge i think the performance of edge has been excellent and microsoft even told me that they they believe that the that the battery life is going to be even better because they've shown videos showing that if you know through web browsing that uh edge uh is more power efficient we're going to actually try to replicate that in the laptop mag lab by the way and and so we will we will report on that but um the fact that they haven't taken extensions seriously over almost two years after it came out uh, is a huge problem, I think. Uh, You know, there's something like a dozen extensions. And if you as a developer want to make an extension, uh, you you know, you you can't. Like there's, 
I think I, I tried something. There's like a code out there that you can do it, but they won't. Um, what they told me is only select partners that they allow you to actually publish extensions. Really? Yeah. Well, that would explain the uh, the lack of them. Right. So it's not like it's not like you know you Scott want to do an extension. You can just publish submit to the store. What they were telling me is, oh yeah, we're working with a handful of companies to make the extensions that we think should be there. So instead of having hundreds or thousands of extensions, um, you know, like thousands of extensions like Chrome and, and Firefox have, where the market, the consumers decide, the users decide, these extensions I'm interested in. Now there's a handful of them because Microsoft decide. Microsoft's the only decider, uh, and they're just you know, basically only a few companies uh, are they letting do it. So I did actually try some API thing um, where I tried to port, you know, because I think you can make an extension that runs siloated. Um, okay. Although it's, I don't think it's easy to distribute that, but you can like temper it, you can test. Uh, so there was something that was supposed to make it easy to like move yours over. So I tried it with my Chrome extension, uh, Silent Sight Sound Locker for those who are interested. On Chrome, it helps you uh, quiet noisy tabs, uh, and it let me attempt to to do it. Although I learned something really important, which is that uh, Edge doesn't support quieting tabs either. So, um, so in a lot of key ways, Edge is 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 years behind the competition. And while the performance is good, I mean Microsoft has had plenty of time to make this a modern browser with extensions and APIs and things. And, you know, their big achievement is to let you set aside tabs. So I think they could be doing a lot better there. Um, and frankly, they could also be doing better by not tying the browser to the operating system update. Like why do you have to update the whole OS to get a new version of the browser? You get a new Chrome like every five minutes, new Firefox like every two days. It they don't make you update your whole OS. To, to be fair, uh, Edge does down, does update in the background, uh, but if they want to use, since it's a UWP, a universal Windows app, um, it if they want to use uh, APIs that are being exposed in the new version, then that update can only exist in the new version. Yeah, I don't fully, I mean, obviously I don't fully understand it, but something like the set-aside tabs, couldn't they have just with that like made that an automatic it feels like oh, a absolutely lot of it feels like a lot of the things that are in windows 10 creator update are not operating system updates at all they're just app updates that could have been done as app updates like paint 3d just make it available as a download yes you know new functionality in the maps app um, that also doesn't need the whole OS to be updated the the paint 3d is being distributed only on creators update because it's taking advantage of APIs that didn't exist before. Okay. Now, anyway, could, could they have done 80% of it before 85% of it on anniversary update? Yes. But the, the direct hardware access to do some of the cool 3d stuff and the ability to push from paint 3d straight to a HoloLens or a windows mixed reality, uh, headset. Um, would not have been possible in anniversary. Got it. So, so without belaboring the point, creators update coming. 
some neat features, lots of things missing. You can check out you can check out laptopmag.com for a, a list of our favorite ten features on on Creators Update and decide for yourself whether they actually are helpful or not. Um, just because we were talking about uh, edge extensions, I am looking at uh, the roadmap, and they are uh, planning to accept uh, public submissions to the store uh, in the future. They're they're working to make sure that the thing actually works with their big partners before they let others in, uh, according to the roadmap, which I'm good with. That I since since Edge has just in the last what it just in anniversary update just added extension capability. I'm good with them making sure that it works before pissing people off <laughs> with that. Uh, now, well, now, do I think that it's been long enough? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they had a chance to beta that, but whatever. I mean, if you want to compete in this, if you really want your browser to be taken seriously, then you need to support having large marketplace. Agreed. Anyway, so that's that. I just, while we were talking, I figured I'd go to the Windows Dev Center and find out. Anyway, um, as per usual, Avram, uh, great conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing the final version uh, published. And um, you said that the uh, the 10 best is already, yeah, on, is already on? It's already on our site. Go to laptopmag.com. It is there. Exciting times. And we have instructions on how you can force the update if you want to get it April 5th instead of April 11th or later. Fantastic. Well... Uh, thank you for the conversation, for the pilch point. Uh, we'll see you next week, but obviously you'll yep. be around for the rest of the show. Yep. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the gaming hardware, accessories, and things that you need, all from Razer. Uh, everything from the new Razer Blade gaming laptop, through the Man of War uh, headset, the Death Adder mouse, all available. Uh, they've got mechanical keyboards, which Abram and I are are big fans of mechanical keyboards. They've got light up keyboards. They've got light up uh, mouse pads. They giant desk size mouse pads for uh, for PC gamers and a lot more. You can get uh, ten dollars off right now if you are a new customer by going to plughitslive.com/razor. To be fair, I don't know that that link really works. Uh, F5Live.tv slash Razor uh, for sure will work. <laughs> so I don't know where my brain went. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> whatever. It's second quarter. My brain's a little fuzzy. Anyway, uh, so speaking of Razor, let's talk about somebody else. Mad Cats. <laughs> uh, 
the the company when it comes to um, uh, fighting stick controllers for uh, Street Fighter and all of those types of games. Officially gone. Uh, they announced that the U.S. corporation, uh, Mad Cats Interactive, and the Canadian subsidiary, which just seems to be numbers, 1328158 Ontario Inc., I don't know, whatever, uh, have both filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy, which means that they will be liquidating um, the assets and the company. Um, they it, it's Not a huge surprise to those of us who have been following them for a while. Last year, their board of directors put together um, a group to try and figure out how to get out of some pretty big uh, debt. And they were looking for a buyer. Uh, they had approached a number of companies uh, what would theoretically be competitors such as Razer or, you know, Logitech companies that are in that space who might want to pick up the brand. And in particular, the fighting stick business. Uh, and uh, nobody seemed interested. Now, hmm. now why? That's, that's a different, t I don't know. It, were they asking for too much? Is the liability too high for picking up the whole company? I don't know. But in the end, they were not able to find a solution other than to liquidate. Now, there's a couple of important things to note. This does not mean that the product that might be sitting on Best Buy or GameStop shelves right now is going to be discounted. Mad Cats has nothing to do with that anymore. Best Buy and GameStop own that hardware now. They have uh, no reason, theoretically, to, uh, to liquidate or to drop the price on that hardware. However, their website may or may not try to liquidate uh, any remaining inventory, so you may want to keep an eye on their website. Uh, we will, and we'll be uh, we'll be uh, posting in our deals section if if any of their stuff gets to a point that you just can't pass up. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye on that for you. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who would be interested in getting a hold of a fighting stick for maybe the PS4 or Xbox One at a good deal so we'll keep an eye out um they they had some funky mice yes really, yes indeed i don't know exactly how to describe it i always love the look of their mice although when i've tried to use them it felt a little awkward to me when the mouse sort of looks like it's like it's coming apart or something <laughs> like the metal pieces are sticking out yeah yeah have you tried those <laughs> i have unsuccessfully yeah i mean they were the most interesting mice to look at, but not necessarily. I mean, I'm not a big PC gamer, so I couldn't really say whether they were helpful or not. But right. as a normal mouse user, it's like, oh, I, this looks very pretty. But yeah, when when it comes to Mad Cats, they were known for two things. One, um, their general merchandise. Uh, breaking within about six months, and their fighting stick controllers being able to withstand a bomb and being by far um, one of the best out there. But it is such 
a small market for fight sticks <laughs> that <Yep. laughs> that you can't run your business on it and when it comes to computer in particular gaming peripherals you're not going to win being the Walmart right yeah well sad sad times because we like to see uh, lots of different uh, peripherals right on the bright side it still seems to be a, a threat the market for per computer gaming peripherals in general I don't know about fighting sticks uh, seems to be pretty strong yeah. every year when I go to Computex it's just gaming mouse after gaming mouse after gaming mouse and gaming keyboard after gaming keyboard. Now, we don't see a lot of like PC controller innovation going on. Yeah. But, um, that that kind of seems to be, at this point, owned by uh, Microsoft and Logitech. You know, I would like to... Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how I can get a, a good steering wheel for... Uh, my son to play with but i think logitech is kind of the uh the main force there where they have a few few steering wheels so yeah i mean i don't know uh it seems it seems that it seems that you're primarily you know the primary focus is on mice keyboards headsets um and there's always plenty of those to go around yeah so you have to separate yourself, right? There has to be a reason why somebody would be interested in in going with your company. You know, when it comes to to Razer, it's you know the the mouse. I've never seen a mouse with the sensitivity that that a Razer mouse has. They're especially in the price point. They're unbelievable. Um, the their their gaming laptops are great. Uh, yeah, Logitech has some super uh, fast response keyboards in their gaming series. Their their G series mouse uh, has been super popular. I know a number of people that have those, but to to be the the you know nine ninety nine GameStop plug in controller for the ps4 or you know whatever it, it it that can't be the way that you separate yourself it's it simply can't yeah yeah i mean also a lot of these companies have a much more diverse business i think than mad cats um you know like you go and like corsair is a big leader in gaming keyboards right yeah but they also make a memory and they make uh, you know, SSDs and they make um, just a lot of different, a lot of different things. So, you know, I don't know how, I, I think their keyboard business is probably pretty big, but, you know, Mad Cats, I don't think they'd done a lot to kind of, they weren't part of a larger company that had a lot of different revenue streams. Yeah, a absolutely. They were, they were very focused on on their thing, which they thought was hold it in your hand type accessories, uh, a charge and play kit for the 
Xbox One. Eh, everybody makes one of those. <laughs> and who cares? You know, <clears throat> it, but not everybody makes a top-notch steering wheel. Not everybody makes a top-notch mouse or keyboard or, you know, uh, Razer has a whole uh, VR category uh, on their site. You know, there's... These companies separate themselves. Like you said, Corsair has a whole line of <clears throat> of uh, gaming-centric uh, SSDs and RAM. And what was Mad Cat's? Uh, fight Stick. Great. So there's 500 customers. How is that going to keep your lights on? Yeah. So in a way, it's amazing they lasted as long as they did. Yeah, because we sold their stuff uh, 15, 17 years ago. It's amazing that they're still around, especially at the rate their stuff came back. Anyway. Hey, you, you could say they had nine lives. Oh. <laughs> Each one lasted two years. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, so the things that we don't know right now. Uh, will we see uh, hardware discounts? Don't know. What will happen to warranties on products that are already out there? Don't know. Depends on how liquidation goes. Uh, we have seen uh, sometimes warranty companies will will take over, um, and sometimes we've seen them go. <laughs> sad story. Bye bye. So we <laughs> we don't know what the end result here will be um, on a couple of topics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great example of, uh, I don't know. I just have to symbolically answer that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, Pe Pebble was a great example of if I buy it today, what will what will happen? They're still selling them on a discount, and I don't know how long it's going to continue to work. Exactly. If I buy it today, what will happen on Thursday? I don't know. That, and that's where we are with Mad Cats. Uh, luckily... You know, it's not like their controllers are just going to stop working one day. Uh, it just may be that you'll have no warranty. And considering um, the warranty is probably part of the reason why they're in financial trouble because their stuff mostly sucked. Um, <laughs> it's something that a lot of Mad Cats owners might be interested in finding out. So uh, obviously we'll keep, uh, we'll keep people apprised on what's going on here uh, as we find out information. But... My guess is that uh, if you have a product or you purchase a product uh, starting now, the warranty in the very near future will be worthless. So just keep that in mind. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let the professionals do it for you. Uh, the guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000, not the ones who are doing uh, the reboot in uh, two weeks, are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. From blockbusters to... Um, let's find something that sounds terrible. Um... I think that just says Ator, the Fighting Eagle. That sounds terrible. Uh, they've got a little bit of everything. The way it normally works is for a couple bucks, 
download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever you happen to have the uh, the movie and laugh. Uh, they've got a new app that makes uh, the syncing process of the MP3 versus the movie really easy. It'll listen to the movie and sync itself, which is the best thing ever because syncing the movies could be a real pain. Um, so definitely try that out. Um, but they also do live events. We did not have a, uh, a list of what live shows were coming. However, they did just finish this past week their uh, 2017 uh, Kickstarter. And so we do know what Rift Tracks Live 2017 is going to look like. It's going to be Samurai Cop, the Summer Shorts Beach Party, where they will do a whole series of short films and uh, industry films, and Doctor Who, The Five Doctors. All three Rift Live in theaters nationwide uh, to find out what theaters they'll be available in, to find out the movies and shorts that are available. You can go to f5live.tv slash rifttracks. I had a feeling you were going to be excited about that one there, Abram. Uh, it was uh, it was on there. They had a, uh, if we get to a certain point, we will announce a, a special one that we're not saying what it is. And that's what it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> and people freaked out. So anyway, I'm looking forward to those. All right. Let's talk about internet privacy real quick. So the internet went crazy this week uh, with doom and gloom over a vote that happened in Congress that if you were to believe the Huffington Post and PC world uh, meant that the internet was going to collapse and that um, it was going to be the Wild West when it comes to uh, information. No. So here's what really happened. The FCC, uh, at some point last year, put together a list of regulations that would have prevented ISPs from using the data that they naturally collect about browsing history um, for anything of any value. Um, and so the head of the FCC uh, decided to put a hold on the implementation of it because as it turns out, the FCC doesn't have jurisdiction to have written those regulations. And so the the new FCC chair said, hold on, uh, this isn't our thing. I don't know where these came from. Hold on. And Congress said, you're right. They're not your thing. And made sure that the FCC was not able to, to implement things that were outside of their jurisdiction. Here's the thing that matters. The Federal Trade Commission actually has legal jurisdiction here. And while the FTC could implement regulations legally, even after this vote, the FTC could put the exact same regulations into effect. Um, what happened was Congress said, you're right, the FCC doesn't have jurisdiction here. And that's really all that happened. Um, the rules were not in place. You have not lost anything. 
and what is happening tomorrow will be no different than what was happening two weeks ago. And that is that ISPs and Google both do the same thing. Uh, FCC chairman, uh, I have no idea how to pronounce his name. Ajit Pai. There you go. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Sounds good to me. Um, Tom Wheeler was much easier to say. <laughs> it was very clear. Anyway, um, we'll go with that. Uh, said that um, what the FCC was doing was basically what we were, you and I were talking about in the, the patent rules. The FCC was picking themselves, was picking winners and losers. That, uh, that Google and Bing would be the winners and that Comcast would be the losers because they collect the exact same information. And, uh, but Google's allowed to use it for whatever they want, and Comcast is not. Kind of weird. And so um, that is the reason why it's not the FCC's jurisdiction. Uh, so anyway, just you could, kind of important point, information. Just that's, that's good to know. But just to play devil's advocate with you, the Google, um, now granted, as far as who is jurisdiction, it kind of makes sense that the trade commission would have the jurisdiction over something that involves selling user information. Right. Um, but it doesn't ISP, involve airwaves. So there, therefore technically the FCC is not involved, should not be involved. However, the principle of it, of um, Google being the same as your ISP, I think is a little bit different. It's a little different because, you know, even though we usually, most of us, do use it, you have an option not to use Google. Like Google has a certain amount of your user data. You also have a control panel in Google, I think, to to, um, to deal with it. Plus, I think you're anonymizing. You can, you know, you can run an anonymous browser or whatever. Uh, whereas your ISP has access to you from the the connection. So doesn't your ISP inherently have a better look at you than anybody else? Um, they certainly have. I, I would say in the way the internet works today, they've probably got about between a five and an eight percent, uh, uh, better. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Precision on, on browsing. But I mean, when, when you think about how many pages have Facebook like buttons on them, Facebook is following everything you're doing. Anybody who's using Google AdSense, Google knows your exact browsing pattern as well. We're going to talk about that in a second, <laughs> how Google's about to lose some data. But uh, the ability to, to follow uh, a person's trail is very easy and it's even easier on mobile um, if you're uh, using uh, Android in particular, but... Uh, uh, Microsoft has has a similar concept um, in Windows Phone. There is a, a pretty easy way to to track even outside of the browser uh, down to the the app level on on somebody's behavior, and so yeah. Does does the ISP have greater precision? Yes. By how much? Uh, not as much as maybe five years ago. Hmm. Okay, I mean, I, I for one am not super concerned because like all of this data, right now anyway, it's primarily being used for 
for advertising. Right. So serve me whatever ads. I mean, the ads are probably less annoying if they're more targeted toward what I'm interested in. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, and, and if you, if you go and you look, um, a number of the major ISPs, uh, Comcast in particular, the one that the world was all scared about, uh, Comcast has said, um, these rules have never been in place. We have not, and will not, um, let the data outside of our corral. We have no interest in that. Um, we, we use it for targeting our own ads to our own customers, but we have no interest in letting the data out of our corral. Um, so yeah, even the companies that people were afraid of are like, yeah, we've had that capability for decades and have had no interest and still have no interest in doing anything about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not concerned until it starts to become something where, I don't know. People can use that information against you in some way. Like right. I saw you email such and such about such and such, you know? Right. But I mean, until it becomes a very specific, there is all kinds of things that are, that are spying on you for ad reasons. I mean, as you pointed out, Gmail serves you ads yep. from the content of your messages. Yeah. There, the, the information that you have, I mean, if it's being transferred over the internet, we can pretend SSL is secure as much as we want. It's not. If it's transmitting over the internet, it is easily accessible. Following you is not a, a difficult thing. And that's from that's from somebody who knows the ins and outs of how how to do it. It is not a difficult task for not your ISPs. To follow you from device to device even so it, the, this this vote was merely uh ensuring that if regulations come about they come from the proper place not from the fcc who was really just going for a power grab um their last one worked this one didn't that that's all it is um the the um the fcc chair even said we i welcome and encourage the ftc to create any regulations that they believe are appropriate for protecting data it's just not our place so anyway uh it'll be interesting to see uh if the ftc steps up uh but it was just for me it was important to talk about the fact that all the doom and gloom that these websites were spewing uh, was just hype, I think, to get page views because none of it was what people were saying. The regulations didn't actually exist. <laughs> anyway, so just had to get that out there. This week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Groove. All the music you love played ad-free from one of the largest collections on the planet. You can listen, honestly, anywhere. Android, iOS, Windows, Windows Phone, uh, Xbox 360 and Xbox One, uh, PC, tablet. And if you're using something that doesn't match any of that, 
there is still a browser-based version that you can use on uh, on other platforms. And of course, you can create playlists and custom radio stations and all of that, but you can also download the music on up to three devices, so you don't have to use your data plan or any of that, or when you're in a place where you can't get on the internet, an airplane, things like that, you still have your music, and uh, you can get, right now, a free 30-day trial by going to f5live.tv groove. All right. So, we said that we were going to talk about Google a little bit, so let's talk about Google a little bit. <laughs> Over the last couple of weeks, we have seen... Um, what can only be described as an advertiser panic over Google and in particular YouTube. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it came to the attention of some of the advertisers that Google's uh, YouTube um, content filtering uh, algorithms had stopped working and that brands like AT&T and Verizon and Enterprise Rent-A-Car were, uh, their ads were being played alongside or over top of um, jihadist videos, for example, or neo-Nazi content, which obviously if you're Verizon um, is concerning, which is why Google gave them the ability to say, we don't want to be associated with this type of content, but those filters stopped working for whatever reason. Um, either, either the content creators have gotten creative and have, uh, have hidden languages. I, I don't know what has gone wrong. I know on Justin TV, if you wanted to watch wrestling, there was some sort of a cooking show sounding name you searched for. I don't know if that's what's going on or what. All I know is that these companies have panicked and over the last two weeks or so, some 250 major advertisers across uh, the U.S. and Europe have pulled out of Google advertising for, for their non-search-related advertising entirely. For a company whose uh, revenue is based almost entirely on advertising, that must be terrifying if you're, if you're in that division at Google. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, I mean, I can't, I cannot really blame, um, I cannot really blame the advertisers here. At the same time, this is a problem inherent with programmatic advertising. Absolutely. So you're going to have this problem with programmatic advertising from time to time. Your ad will show up where you didn't want it. And I do think that, um, I do think that consumers, um, you know, viewers may be a little, if viewers are complaining, they may be a little bit harsh there. I mean, obviously, um, it's obvious to everyone that, you know, Enterprise Runner Card does not endorse jihadist videos. Fair right? enough. It's that goes without saying. Now, of course, we have we have other circumstances in our society where 
it's clear that an advertiser has chosen to advertise in a medium on a particular publication or particular content. Sure. And people are using our you know, sort of boycotting or threatening to boycott the advertiser because they don't like the content. So, you know, we have, for example, a whole lot of, um, you know, we won't get into the content of this, but, you know, there's obviously a lot of uh, people who don't like the content of Breitbart and they're trying to pressure advertisers not to advertise on Breitbart anymore. So, um, you know, I, I understand why why consumers would want to use their their power to to tell an advertiser not to advertise somewhere because frankly that's you know you vote with your pocketbook mm-hmm. and yeah. and that, advertisers that's how su- that's how the free market works <laughs> and advertisers do support us like without advertising we've gone through this before we talked about ad blocking without advertising you know most content on the internet uh would not would not exist right you know, or would only be made by volunteers for fun. It would not be, there would be not be people doing it for a living. So, sure. um, you know, I, I, I understand the position of the advertisers. I certainly understand. Um, I, I don't think that Google, obviously I don't think Google wanted this to happen. No. I think Google is in an awkward position. Um, well, first of all, I mean, Google certainly has the right to pull it to pull down that content, the problem is knowing about the content. I right. think because right. I, I don't think Google. I, I'm not really sure what the t- terms of service are for for YouTube, but I think that they have the right to pull down things that they deem offensive. They do. You know, now YouTube is such a large medium that it's really hard to keep up with that, and social media, whether it's YouTube which you could really consider a social media platform uh, or Twitter or Facebook. Um, you know, people are all over that all are all over it. And sometimes, unfortunately, as an advertiser, your stuff may appear next to next to things that you don't necessarily want to be associated with. Right. But we when, this... when it happens outside of the statistically acceptable range, which is, what seems to be happening here because um, you know Verizon knows that that and the algorithm isn't perfect but their stuff was showing up at an alarming rate um, above what was promised above what the algorithm should have allowed and my guess is that Google was trying some sort of a new uh, algorithm and I don't know, there was a plus sign in the wrong place or something went horribly wrong mathematically, or maybe they put it through their, uh, through their AI and the AI totally choked on it. I, my guess is once, once they revert whatever change they made, (laughs) the problem will go away again and we'll see these advertisers return. But I mean, if you're, if you are the advertising department, if you are Google AdSense right now, I'd be in panic mode. Yeah, you know, one thing I, I, I would would say about Google AdSense too is that they're um, they're really big on trying to enforce standards on content providers. Yeah. 
without getting into it, because I probably shouldn't, at various jobs that I've held where we have run Google AdSense ads, we have occasionally gotten complaints from Google AdSense about from Google AdSense about particular articles. Interesting. And, um, and you know, complaints that I felt were, were not totally uh, warranted. Okay. You know, um, which is not to say that, you know, they were complaining like we don't like what you said so much as like, you know, they have an anti-nudity policy, right? Sure. And we had, and at one time, at one place, I won't name my employer or anything, uh, we had an article up about, we had a news article up about Facebook wrongly banning somebody for ha- for what looked like a nude picture but wasn't. Okay. So the article was about some, had a picture of someone that was not nude that had triggered that person wrongly getting banned from Facebook. Okay. That news article we got a complaint about from someone at Google AdSense saying that it had nudity in it. So, so they felt for the same trap that we were, like the irony is so rich. Like they felt for the same, <laughs> fell for the same trap that, um, that we were reporting about. It's like they looked at the picture, they didn't even read the article, nor did they actually look at the picture correctly. So, um, you know, I find it a little ironic that Google is is now getting um, is getting dinged. Yeah, for is getting dinged for letting things through because they're very they're very um, you know they can be very aggressive about what they consider to be like we don't want our AdSense on this page and and rigid to and like you said to a a comical point. Yeah. So um, you know. Like I said, uh, and, and, and in a way you can't like you can't blame. So like actually good for Google, good on Google that they are policing it, you know, mm-hmm. that they are policing where their AdSense appears. So if you're an AdSense advertiser, you should feel good because Google is actually on the case. Right. Uh, at least with their their text, you know, their their non YouTube ads, uh, they, they are very much on the case, uh, if if not overly aggressive if not overly aggressively so. Well, it'll be interesting to see uh, how, when uh, they fix this. Because uh, obviously they have to. They're, they're, they've, got a couple, they've got a technological problem that they have to fix, and they have a uh, marketing problem that they have to fix because they now have to woo Verizon and AT&T and enterprise and then johnson and johnson and all these companies they're going to woo them back and convince them that they have actually fixed the technological problem so they've got two big hurdles ahead of them uh meanwhile um uh amazon is offering advertisers a 10 percent commission through april on uh on amazon ads so you might see some uh websites change from uh adsense to amazon in the near future. I don't know if that was a pre-planned promotion or if they saw an opportunity and jumped on it, but either way, good on them. Anyway, that is our show uh, for tonight. Thank you to those of you who joined us. Uh, We had 
some pretty good live viewership. Now we just got to get some people commenting in the future. <laughs> um, we definitely do want your comments if you happened to have uh, been live or are live with us right now. I see we've got a number of people. Um, definitely in the future, join us, talk, give us your thoughts on the topics as we go. We always appreciate it. Um, it, it looks like April is going to be a pretty calm and normal month for us. So uh, we will continue to have shows as normal, which is going to be kind of nice. We I don't think we have another special event for uh, quite some time, so that'll be good. I think it's the beginning of May, so I think all of April will be pretty normal. Uh, in May, we can officially announce that um, Plug It's Live will be returning to the Collision Conference. We will not be in Las Vegas this time. It is in New Orleans, and our team is very excited about it because 2015 was a great event for us, and uh, everybody seemed to really like the content. And so we will be live from the show floor once again uh, for three days instead of just two uh, because the conference is longer this year. So we're really excited about it. In, uh, in the coming weeks, we'll be able to announce exactly who the team will be. But obviously, myself and uh, Michelle will, <laughs> will be there as uh, I can't do these events without my executive producer. So... <laughs> Uh, Michelle and I will be there for sure. Uh, we will announce the rest of the team as we get a little closer. But um, yeah, we're really excited about that one. I missed doing it in 2016. Anyway, so keep an eye out for that. It'll be coming. We will be working on those additional broadcast partners to see if uh, we'll be able to broadcast to multiple places at once. Fingers crossed, we'll be on, uh, I think, four or five different platforms. So no matter where you are, you'll be able to watch us live. We're re really excited about that. Anyway, so I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you guys back next week. Ciao. Ciao.